This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome, everybody, to episode 50 of the Tip of the Iceberg. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I am joined, as always, by Nick Horwat. How are you today, Horwat, on episode 50? Oh, you couldn't hear that one. Uh, I have a glass bottle this time. Oh, that makes it, yeah, that makes it a little difficult to hear the cracking of a can. I also jumped the gun a little bit. I started opening it, and, uh, Yeah. But hey, I'm celebrating with a glass bottle this time. Happy 50th episode. Yeah, we have a lot of special stuff planned for you guys. We said we had something special, and we are actually going to kick off mm-hmm. a, what will be probably what, a six to maybe eight week process? We'll s- definitely see how long it'll take. I mean, it'll depend. It's going to be a fun, interesting process. I'm trying to write a story about it as well, so we'll see where things go with that. But for now... It'll be the first part of it, the first steps. We will kick it off, like I said, in the second half of the show. But before we get to that, we're going to kick off episode 50 with yet another possible playoff format for the NHL if they return from the coronavirus hiatus. This is one that I found online on Twitter at Wayne Bretsky 27 is whoever is the person that posted it. So 10 out of 10 already mm-hmm. on the Twitter handle. But it was actually a 31 team playoff format what do you think about including all 31 teams in the possible playoff format like straight into playoffs but including everybody i i read over it i looked at it i i just couldn't get behind it it's very interesting i'll give it that and it makes the most sense in terms of the season was canceled a lot of teams who had a probability might just not make it now Uh, i get where it was coming from i'd say if you can rework it into terms that teams that were still mathematically able to make the playoffs and just include them, then maybe I'd be a bit more behind it. But just something about having the Red Wings, you know, or the Senators having that kind of chance, it I, mean, I didn't hate the idea. It's just something I couldn't get fully behind. Yeah, and I understand that the Red Wings were the worst team in NHL history this season, and there's a lot of statistics that back that up. So having them still have an opportunity at a Stanley Cup would be kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But at the same time, this coronavirus hiatus is something that we've never seen before. Right. And it's something that has never happened. So it opens up the door to do something that has never happened and that will probably never happen again. Right. And and whenever that situation Oh, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Let me you're just good. Continue. quickly. Whenever that kind of situation arises, I think maximum crazy would be the most entertaining thing possible. No. So what were you going to say? Yeah, absolutely it'd be entertaining. And like I was just going to say, nothing against Detroit or like nothing against Detroit or what they've done this season, how just how bad they've been. But I mean, it would um, could you imagine them going on and like stringing together wins though? Like just hitting a hot streak first first game back? I really could, and I think that would be amazing. Exactly. Like it's like we've seen this league, we've seen some wild turnouts. Like we saw the very much underdog, you know, Columbus Blue Jackets last year sweep one of the best teams the league has ever seen. And I'm not saying that the Red Wings would for sure catch a hot streak and go on a nice little, nice little 
time there, but I don't know. It's just it's a very interesting concept, and it's that would all be that would just be all mayhem with that. It, I mean, and that's what we're looking for. At least that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for absolute mayhem. So right. to describe how this works, and we will post this online and give credit to the original author of this system, which is like we said at Wayne Bretsky twenty seven. So we'll give him credit, but we'll post this on our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast. But the way it's set up is a three round. Three rounds to start, I should say. The top eight teams in the league get buys to the third round, which is essentially the beginning of what is normally the playoffs. So the top eight teams in the league all get those buys. So they're already in. The next nine teams get buys to the second round. And the whatever teams remain, they play in the first round. The first and second round are each single elimination, and that leads to a third round that is best of five, and then the rest of it goes on as if the playoffs regularly would. Right. So... You have teams, like we mentioned, like the Red Wings still have a chance. They'd play the Panthers. And if they won that, the Panthers would be eliminated. The Red Wings would get to go on. I just think it'd be so ridiculous and so funny, especially how comically bad a team like the Red Wings were this year. A team like the LA Kings or the Buffalo Sabres, how bad their season has turned out to be. Or a team like the Ducks. It would create such a good story to watch one of those teams. All you have to do is win two games in a row. Yeah. Win two games in a row, and you're technically in the playoffs. It would be ridiculously insane. Now, when they got to the playoffs, if they're playing a team like Boston or Washington or St. Louis, it would probably stop there. But it's still an opportunity. Like you said, last year with Columbus being in there, you never know what can happen. Like I said, the coronavirus hiatus is something that is completely unique and something that has never happened before. I think a system like this would be – I'm not saying it's realistic. I'm not saying there's a <laughs> chance in hell that this happens. It would be extremely fun. It would be extremely fun. And if, if you want to go on your NHL 20s and you want to simulate this, that would probably be fun too. But I would love to see this in real life. Yeah, and it's not even so much that this is wild and you know out of consideration. I'm going to say this is kind of very well in consideration in a way because one general manager, a single GM suggested – the 24-team March Madness-style situation, and multiple articles were written that the NHL is considering that. So, this wouldn't I feel like this wouldn't totally be off the docket for them, considering they might, quote-unquote, that it might be in consideration. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mass mayhem coming to fruition one way or another is very much possible, but I think I would rather see the 24-team one, because at least that is like... You're keeping the teams that really didn't deserve their opportunity, not didn't deserve their opportunity, but clearly weren't the same team that would make it. You know, they wouldn't be getting their chances, but the top 24 would. But I mean, and just as clarification, the last from 18 to 24 is the Panthers, Predators, Canucks, Wild, Coyotes, Blackhawks, and Canadians. So those are the other teams that would be would be going in realistic. And then who's after who's after that? Because honestly, those teams all had chances to make it, really. Who who's after that? Yeah. The Sabres, the Devils, Ducks, Kings, Sharks, Senators, Red Wings. That's that's the the people that would be excluded. You know what? That's a perfect cutoff. That at 24, I think. I mean Really? I mean, cuz the I weren't, mean, weren't the Canadians still like in a consider like still like a long shot? They were floating around it, but Buffalo's at 25, and they traded for Wayne Simmons, so they at least thought they were going to be in consideration for a playoff spot or at right. least in contention. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is 
if they were to consider that the 24 team cutoff seems like for to me in my humble opinion seems like a good little cut spot for the teams below that you know really weren't teams that were going to make the playoffs anyway yeah that that's that's fairly true and even that 24 team cutoff is is getting some teams in there mm-hmm. that were probably not in contention but they had decent teams right i just think this this system that he posted up here is the most mass chaos thing that anybody could think of absolutely because like, because all we 31 saw, teams yeah because we saw what happened last year and we know in this league that could happen again in a way yeah it makes sense yeah. that is mass chaos without a doubt exactly and i think it would even work out as well as you put rounds one and rounds two which are one game put that at a neutral site where all these teams can play then it makes it a little bit more realistic instead of having travel and all that to deal with and that also gives the top eight teams and also at the same time the top 17 teams some time extended for a training camp which is what they should get because they're the better teams in the regular season but i don't know i just thought it was an interesting thing and i wanted to wanted to get your opinion on it so at the end of the day, do you think this one would realistically work? It would be really interesting. I just don't think it would work. I don't think it's in the league's interest to do something like that either, personally. Because that's just a lot of things to figure out player-wise, league-wise, and building-wise. Like There's a lot of like politicking behind-the-scenes stuff that fans are probably very unsure about that would have to be settled, essentially. Like I said, the reason I really enjoy this is because it is the most mass chaos yeah. thing that I can even think of happening, and I didn't even think of it, so that's even why it's more mass chaos. Yeah, no, like, totally. As a fan, I'm thinking that's a hell of an idea, something that, you know, in this situation would work perfectly, but just thinking more or less in the terms of owning a team, running a team, in that situation would kind of be really hard to organize and work out for all 31 teams and they're all 31 buildings owners gms and uh Mm -hmm. much more than just that but that's just the behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about maybe it is easy to work out we don't know but it's that seems like it would be hard for them so it wouldn't work out on their end but as a fan's perspective yeah it would be very interesting to watch and it's pure entertainment hockey right there oh yeah definitely i mean it is kind of unrealistic but then again, so is Tom Brady leaving the New England Patriots for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So what is really realistic anymore? Or two Watts on one team. Or, you know, whenever Tom Brady announces he's leaving Boston, or New England, I should say, and the same day, the Steelers restructure Ben Roethlisberger's contract so we have more cap space. So I'm going to let that silence saying, roll. <laughs> are you going to let that silence roll? Because Tom Brady just signed with the Buccaneers. Yeah, but it's not official yet. <laughs> I also made that tweet this morning. That was a joke. <laughs> Fair enough. We're going to take a quick break here. But when we return, we teased it a little bit in the last episode. We teased it at the beginning of this episode. We will be introducing our newest segment called, and I'll let Horwat, I'll let you say what it's called because it oh. was your brainchild. Oh, my brainchild. Not even necessarily my brainchild. I'd like to, I forget his name exactly, but he writes for the Blues, for the hockey writers. I noticed it in our Slack chat. He's doing a... Uh, March Madness style tournament of the best blues characters and I copied it and said we're going to do that with the Penguins it is the March of the Penguins Madness get ready to hear about 64 I guess you could say characters figures yeah Penguins figures 
over the past 53 years, yes, 53 years, um, and counting, I guess, that are going to fight to your fight through the fans' hearts. Who do? You, it's not about skill. It's not about points or, you know, in those situations. It's all about who do you like more. That's what we're going to be voting this on. It's going to be a big process. I'm excited for it. It's almost like, if we're going to throw it back enough, it's almost like the original 3PT Awards. <laughs> very much so. Oh, it's something like it's it. It's very much so like 3PT Awards. But <laughs> we are going to cut to a quick sponsorship break, but we will be right back. The push for the playoffs is underway, and while the Penguins will hopefully not be getting a lottery pick, 15 other teams will be and you can win big for predicting the correct draft order. The Hockey Podcast Network has partnered with Tankathon and Cool Hockey to bring you the first ever NHL Draft Lottery Contest, where the winner will receive a $200 Cool Hockey gift card. To enter, first visit tankathon.com NHL, click Sim Lottery until you see an order you think will be correct, and then screenshot your 15-team draft order. Then just visit us at our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast and comment on our pinned tweet with your screenshotted draft order. All that's left to do is retweet the post and tag two of your friends to be entered for a chance at a $200 gift card to Cool Hockey. Only one entry per Twitter handle. All entries must be submitted by April 8th and you must be following Tankathon, Cool Hockey, and the Hockey Podcast Network to qualify. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg, episode 50. Can you believe we've already made it to 50 of these? Can you believe they haven't cut us off the air after at least 10 of these and let us keep talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins? Episode Emil Larmy. He's 50, right? Yeah, he's number 50. Yeah. Him getting into goalie fights down there, and that was in the E, wasn't it? That he was getting into goalie fights. I yeah, because it's a madhouse oh down there. And so I need to get back into doing the old number, the episode number name thing. I had to pull that back up. That yeah, was a I good mean, time go for it. The ECHL, that fight with Larmy looked almost like the 1990s, which is what I'm actually doing <laughs> right now. I'm going back and watching the 1991 NHL Pittsburgh Penguins playoff run, and it's a fun thing to do, and it's something that you know what we're in basic quarantine. Mm-hmm. I'm jobless right now. You're half, semi-jobless, half I think, jobless. right now. I half jobless right now. So you, my, need to find, yeah. you need to figure things out to do, and that's all I'm doing. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm actually going to try and write a lot during this time off, really. I'm going to try and get multiple stories out, as many as I can. I'll be here doing this process of the March of the Penguins Madness and coming up with story ideas, and I'm going to be working my ass off myself. Well, that's always good. Yep. Keeping busy. Like and you mentioned. Drinking some beer. <laughs> and drinking some beer. Well, of course, always. We always, always love to drink beer. And Pink Whitney, too. I, I I wasn't trying to rush to the to the liquor store today, man. I know it's closing today, but I wasn't trying to make that rush. It's gonna be hell there. Whatever is here, well, I'll have. <laughs> as we mentioned, and as everybody knows, a lot of the sports are cancelled and or postponed. One thing that was cancelled or postponed was March Madness. And we know, mm-hmm. we know everybody loves filling out their brackets in March trying to pick the best upsets. Well, we decided here at the tip of the iceberg that we would help you out. And you know what? Also, kudos. You mentioned the guy from the hockey writers yep. for the St. Louis Blues is doing gonna, it. I'm going to pull his name also, up right now so I can properly give him a nice little touch. But also Tom Franklin, 
of mm-hmm. Blue Notes is doing it for the oh. Hockey Podcast Network. So tune in to Blue Notes and hear the blues version of this. But what we are doing is called the March of the Penguins Madness. Yes. Insane. Good luck That is it. what we're doing. On drop days, we will post Twitter polls with each matchup. And you, our loyal listeners, will determine the winner of each matchup. Like Horwat said, it's not about who scored the most points. It's not about who raised the most cups. Realistically, it's about who you feel the urge to click on in the Twitter poll. That's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And, and it's... whoever gets the most like that, that's who's going to win each matchup. Yeah. And uh, I'm shouting out is from the, covering the St. Louis Blues for the hockey artist, Stephen Ground. I'm not sure if he'll listen or see it anything, but I'm going to try and pop this poll, pop as many polls into the uh, hockey writer slack chat as possible we'll try and get as many votes as possible on this because the more the merrier obviously and i want to see some upsets i want to see some interesting things i know the seating was be- paced purely on opinion and who we think would win i guess but uh it, i'm i'm interested to see what the fans and 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 hockey trolls case because i'm assuming he'll take these some rivals would like to see uh happen with this yeah so what we're gonna do over the next couple of weeks, each episode in the second half of the episode, we are going to introduce the next round of voting that will occur the same day that the same episode comes out. So today, we will be discussing the first round of the New Generation Players region. So it will be 16 players from the New Generation, basically from the year 2000 on. Yeah. And then we will post it on Thursday when episode 50 comes out, and you guys can vote for it. It's either going to be 36 or 48 hours. We haven't completely determined that yet. Right. But what we're going to do now is we're going to go through, we're going to talk about the matchups, and we're going to give you some of the background information. I know you guys probably know a lot about this, but we're going to talk about the players because that's what we do. We like to talk Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. So yeah, That's what we're here for. And the real next, quick, before we dive in, yep, I was just going to mention the rest of the regions. We mentioned this one is uh, the new generation, which is essentially – very late 90s like 99 on to present day and is players only then there's the old timers which is the beginning 67 up until about mid 90s or so then there's the characters and media which i think is the fun one because it's it's the media people it's the characters it it includes iceberg have fun with that people it also includes penguin pete penguin pete who (laughs) isn't my underdog pick for the for the early rounds and um, and then personnel, which will be like coaches, GMs, owners. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm very interested in this. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of fun, I think, as long as we get the proper participation, which I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Pittsburgh Penguins Twitter is very opinionated, and it's great. And we want to hear your opinions. We want you to comment on the polls if you'd like. Of course, take the polls, retweet, get your friends to vote on it. It's all about participation, and the better you you guys participate the more we can do with it. So let's get it started. The next four episodes are all going to be the first round. So we're going to start, like we said, with the new generation players. And away we go. Number one seed in the new generation. Who else is going to be? It's Sidney Crosby. And he's taking on number 16 seed, the vast underdog of the tournament, probably one of the biggest underdogs of this tournament. That's Tyler Kennedy, your buddy, TK. My boy. Take it away, Horwat. Who who are you going to tell us about? I mean, and this is a matchup of really David versus Goliath and and not really in size because they're both kind of undersized. But when it comes to the leg muscles, David versus Goliath. Of course. Um, I'll just uh, – I'll get my backing for Tyler Kennedy on this one because 
during that era, he was my favorite player. You know, I have his jersey. It's probably one of the only jerseys I have where it's not a popular player, I guess. I mean, he was popular for his time. He still lives in Pittsburgh, obviously. He does a lot with the deck hockey place that we play at. And, you know, he's an 09 Stanley Cup champion. He was, during, whenever Max Talbot scored that second goal, he was the one that Talbot could have passed to. <laughs> I will mention it's possible that Tyler Kennedy could have the game-winning goal in that in that championship run, but alas, he doesn't. He spent six seasons with the Penguins, uh, 76 goals, 168 points, and was part of one of the best third lines in Penguins history with Matt Cook. You can say he's a scumbag. He kind of is. But a great third-line player on this team, and Jordan Stahl, who would go on to be a captain. I mean, Matt Cook is a little bit of a scumbag, but on the best third lines in NHL history, which I don't, I'm don't, i not saying this is, but when you want a really good third line, you have to have somebody that's at least a little bit of a scumbag, right? Exactly. That's just how so, it is. I mean, we still have some to this day. Exactly. We still have Brandon Tanev, who's just a just a tiny bit of a scumbag. He is a little bit of a scumbag. A little different because, of course, the game has evolved and you don't really have people that are enforcers, quote-unquote, anymore. And you don't really have the, the level below that either. But a little bit of a get-in-your-face, annoying kind of, maybe more of a gnat than a scumbag. Yeah, I mean, like that's a Hornquist type. Exactly. But you voted for Tyler. Not even voted. You mentioned Tyler Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Listen, as much as I'd love to see the upset, and we might. We very well very might. Well the might, fans yeah. might say, you know what, TK is a great online presence, and this guy, Sidney Crosby, doesn't even have a Twitter. So why am I voting <laughs> for a guy on Twitter that doesn't have a Twitter, right? Well, you're voting for him probably because he's a three-time Stanley Cup champion, probably because he was the first overall pick in 2005, and probably because he's going to end up being one of the top two Pittsburgh Penguins of all time. Of course. So it's really, to me – I think it's lopsided, but like I said, we could see stranger things have happened. We're talking about this because there's no hockey in March because of a worldwide epidemic. Like I said, stranger mm-hmm. things have happened. I could see TK taking it away. You never know, man. You never know. So, of course, that'll be the first one you guys can vote on. The second one you guys can vote on. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be close because it's going to really separate the old school fans from the new school fans. And those ah. eight versus nine matchups in the – March Madness tournaments are always super close and just a toss-up. Number eight seeded Darius Kasparitis versus number nine seed Maxime Talbot. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I will start off. Okay. Listen, Darius Kasparitis is – people keep forgetting. And if you're not quite old enough to know, he was an enforcer for this team. And he was such a character. Everybody loved Casper. People still wear his jerseys to the game every day. And guess what? You want that moment, that big NHL moment? He scored <laughs> a Game 7 overtime winner in 2001 versus the Buffalo Sabres with one of the sickest sellies in Pittsburgh Penguins history. He played six seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins. All I'm saying is this guy embodies what it means to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. You work hard. And eventually it'll pay off. So that that's that's the pitch for Darius Kasparitis. Like I said, this is going to be close, and I love both of these players. Yeah. What do you got on Max Talbot there, Horwat? Max Talbot, as I previously mentioned, scored the game-winning goal in the 9 uh, Stanley Cup Final. Game 7, he scored two goals that game. We know what that is. Zero. He became a fan favorite. He came to my house once, actually, during the season ticket delivery. 
I always oh, you're biased. I always forget to mention that. <laughs> um, you're biased. I shouldn't have given you Talbot. To be fair, I literally <laughs> as I didn't even think of that until I said it right now. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and he only played six seasons with us, but it feels like he played 20 with how much the superstar meant to Pittsburgh. Yeah, and he came up through the system, which was important, too. Mm-hmm. You love the guys that come up through the system. He was a bit of an icon in the uh, CHL. I forget exactly which league he played in. It was probably the Q because he's a French-Canadian boy. He's got a good track record to take down Casper. I am for both of these people. It'll be a hard one for me to pick, I think. Yeah, it's definitely tough to tip the pick between each of them, both of them being game seven heroes, both of them being scrappy and meaning so much to the city of Pittsburgh when they were here. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't the, know. And Casper's game seven goal is one of my earliest memories as a Penguin fan, actually, because we were so young at the time. And I, for, I somehow remember not watching it, but definitely seeing the celebration for the first time and loving it. I don't know. Talbot has those car commercials, <laughs> those 2009, 2010 car commercials. So it's going to be tough. He had a lot of clout for that. Exactly. We'll leave that up to you as well, Pittsburgh Penguins fans. Let's move on down here to the third matchup. Number four seeded Chris Letang. You love him or you love to hate him. He's Mr. Everything. He's taken on the 13 seed, who in a couple years, if we did this, would probably be a couple rungs higher on the seeding chart. Absolutely. It's Jake Gensel. It's young Jake. I'll start talking on Jake Gensel because we want to roll through it. Young Jake Gensel. Obviously a 2017 Stanley Cup champion. He's a goal scorer. I think he is really the mainstay for this team in the future post-Crosby and post-Malkin. I think it is his team. I think one day, I think we'll sign him long-term, and one day he'll become the captain eventually of this team. I think it is his team to take. That's why I want him on this list. And really, I mean, I know he's got that real bad injury now, but hey, did you see his video telling Penguin fans to stay inside? Oh, yeah, he looked good. He single-handedly cured coronavirus. Uh, that's a little far. But Actually, you know no. I'll go with it. He yeah, did. Because Just like the Pittsburgh Penguins are the 2020 Stanley Cup champions by default. That's okay, because you want to know who else single-handedly cured coronavirus? The boy you're about to talk about and his son, because they made one of those videos too. Oh, Christopher Letang, that handsome man rocket of a human being. <laughs> oh, my. First of all, French-Canadian. Mm-hmm. Already bonus points. Already bonus points. Of course. He's been the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise defenseman for 10-plus years, and I get that some people might chronicle all of his mistakes, but he <laughs> is literally the lifeblood of the blue line for the Pittsburgh Penguins. A lot of people say Brian Dumlin's underappreciated, and I agree with that. But at the same time, Chris Letang, I mean, you got the looks, you got the skating ability, you got the scoring touch, you got the defensive ability. Yeah, he's Mr. Everything, and he makes boneheaded plays, but then again, didn't Paul Coffey? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk about Paul Coffey a little bit later. And by later, I mean in a future episode when we go into the the older class of Pittsburgh Penguins. But of course, speaking of Paul Coffey, Chris Letang has beat him in, in just Penn's a, defensive stats. In just points, about all of games, them. goals, assists, you name it. Also, for some reason on Hockey Reference, it said he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Just because he was injured in 2017 ah. doesn't mean he had a hand in that. So he is a three-time Stanley Cup champion. I'm not here for that Hockey Reference. He's so, got three rings. His name's on three times. Exactly. So... Chris Letang, Jake Gensel, we'll see. Letang is very polarizing among Penn's Twitter, so of course. it's going to be interesting to see if that cuts his vote in half and gives Jake <laughs> the big upset. That might be that, that might be my upset pick. Okay. As much as I think Letang still has that following, Jake Gensel might be able to upset him. B- Jake Gensel's going to have a bigger following, I feel like, one day. 
Oh, yeah. I give it time. He will definitely, especially if he keeps his face on the pens inside scoop stuff. Absolutely. Moving on to the next matchup. This is going to be a barn burner. And this is the first one that I think we might actually get some participation from one of the participants. <laughs> Man, we could only hope. Number five seed, Chris Kunitz, taking on. Oh, you guessed it. Number 12 seed, Ryan the Wit Dog Whitney. Oh, it's going to be interesting. Good old Boston boy, the mass hole, <laughs> Ryan Whitney. Of course, everybody knows the storyline of this matchup. Kunitz traded to Pittsburgh in 2009 for Ryan Whitdog Whitney, who'd played here for at least four seasons. And then Kunitz goes on to win three Stanley Cups, making it four total for him. Now, Oof. I may not be a very big fan of Chris Kunitz. And I think anybody that's listened to me over the past two years knows that I was never really the biggest fan of Chris Kunitz. And mm -hmm. I can't pinpoint why. Why do people hate Chris Letang? Some people don't know. Why do I hate Chris Kunitz? But he was a perennial line mate of Sidney Crosby's. Yeah. yeah. Nine years in Pittsburgh. Crazy. Yeah, it feels like forever. Won a fourth Stanley Cup before coming to Pittsburgh. So brought that Stanley Cup pedigree. I'll give him that. And he was also a physical presence. As you mentioned yeah. in a couple episodes before, some of his hits, if you go back and look at it, are ridiculous for somebody that's comparatively supposed to be a first-liner. So yeah. there's a bulldozer out there. He was. I think we got the better end of that trade. I'm sorry, Wit. <laughs> I think we got the better end of that trade, but you might be able to get your revenge here. You might be able to take down your demons in the first round. So this, that, all, let's hear about Wit Dog. Now is the time. I will even open up a new beer for him because I was just handed a new one. Thank you, Megan. Yeah, he I'll was, be drinking Pink Whitney tonight, by the way. There you go. Uh, it, it would probably would have been sold out wherever I would have went because it's that good. That's one of your notes here. Pink Whitney is good. It is very good. It is very good. And also, I got the last two on the shelf at the place I went. So There you go. If you haven't got it by now, you're probably not getting it. Absolutely. So, Ryan Whitney. Ryan Whitney, like Chris Letang, kind of may or may not have become a whipping boy for a lot for some of the crowd of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think that's my little intake on Whitney. Really, if he, he became a much more polarizing figure after his retirement, which, much like Paul Bissonnette, his co-host on, on Spit and Chicklets, is a good thing to have because Whitney can still have that pedigree of saying, I was drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins top 10. I forget the exact number. Number five. Number five. I was going to say four, but I didn't want to be wrong. So number five overall. It was supposed to be a very highly touted defenseman in the league. Clearly didn't play out too much. He had his shot at the Cup. He was a Stanley Cup finalist. He can say that, right? A silver medalist, right? <laughs> Sorry for the golden yeah. goal, I guess. Yikes. But I mean, I think Sidney Crosby more than made up for it with all the millions he's earned this man. Exactly. He also has the best one-timer that Crosby has ever been fed, and he can take that to his grave. But he also, a lot of this stuff we're talking about is post-career stuff, and honestly, it makes him deserve a spot on this list because every now and again, you still see Whitney jerseys at Penguin Games. You know, he does a lot for former players and current players. Uh, he's, a new, he's a bona fide stud now in, with uh, hockey. So it's a good transition for him. And I think I'd say I would vote Whitney over Kunitz in this situation, I think, just for the Ooh. stuff that he's done. Ooh, really? The big question is going to be, has he earned enough of a following with Chicklets to push him over the hump against Kunitz? It's, it's going to be a big portion trying for him to exercise his demons yeah i mean 
it'll be interesting to see. I think I'm a Whitney guy. I mean, yeah, he didn't spend a lot of time here, but I can remember this. I, this is a strange rem- thing I can remember was I had an old DVD. It was a Sidney Crosby kind of DVD. It was like you know, a little bio on him about the 2008 season, ironically, um, where we lost the cup final. I remember there was just one clip of Ryan Whitney in it, <laughs> and I always wondered at first, why is Ryan Whitney in this? But I later learned he was a very good defenseman and, um, you know, highly touted coming out of college. And to be fair, he earned millions. He had a respectable career, I guess, right? He's still having a respectable career afterwards. Exactly. Got good back. on him. Let's We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Let's move You're it on. rooting for him? All right. Let's move it on. Number six-seeded Pascal Dupuis, a fan favorite, versus another fan favorite, number 11-seeded Alexei Kovalev. Mm-hmm. Or I'll let you start. Man, I'm going to take Kovey because I think he's one of the most underrated players to ever play the game. Not even just with his six years in Pittsburgh, but just his whole career is pretty incredible. He's a 1,000-point scorer. But on top of that, in Pittsburgh, he had 330 points in 490 games, which is a lot longer than than Whitney had, I think. Could be wrong. Yep, just a little bit. Now I'm looking at the stats. But Kovey is one of those guys that is one of the better players of all time and was on... A team that wasn't super phenomenal, but at the same time had its, you know, had its bright spots, and he became a fan favorite. He's the only man I've ever seen moonwalk after scoring a goal. <laughs> Lots of Selly talk in of this course. episode. Pascal Dupuis, he didn't Selly all too too much, but he did spit his chiclets out on the bench, and that is something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. That it's the first person that I saw spit out multiple teeth on live television. He rounded out that line with Kunitz and Sidney Crosby. He spent nine years in Pittsburgh, and who knows how long he would have stayed here if he was not forced to retire due to injury and due to health. And that was in the 2015-16 season. He was with the team as basically a supporter throughout that season, got to raise the Stanley Cup in his jersey and gear at the end of the year. So good for him. He also was on that 2009 Stanley Cup winning team, which a lot of people forget. He scored 109 goals and 247 points in his 452 games. Like I said, he was a first-liner for them for a long time. He was quick. You mentioned he had the best size you would want if you're making your perfect hockey player. Of course. I think Dupuis has enough clout with the Penguins' Twitterverse to take down Alexei Kovalev. And I know you think he's underrated. I think he continues to be underrated in this, but I like them both. Like you said, the moonwalk at bonus points. <laughs> you get bonus points for the moonwalk, but yeah. duper, super duper, you got to love them. I think that's that's probably who I think is going to edge it out in this one. It'll be yeah. close. It will be. And one more thing to add on to with uh, Alexei Kovalev is one of the first video games I ever played was NHL 2002 with Mario Lemieux on the cover. And Kovalev was on the Penguins at that point, and he was one of the best players to play with in that game. Hands down. <laughs> but now we can move on to a goalie matchup. I'm going to take the reins for a minute. Marc-Andre Fleury, the three seed, going against the reason, one of the big reasons why I got into hockey and why I'm here today. The 14 seed, Johan Hedberg. I may have just put him in on my own <laughs> bias, but I didn't rate him number one on my own bias. I'll give myself that. I'm going to talk about Hedberg now because he is my boy. I have two hockey cards of him on the wall at my desk that I'm currently not sitting at because of Wi-Fi. But Damn um, Wi-Fi. Yeah, it being home, man, it happens. But when he came to Pittsburgh, he was not able to get his helmet changed yet. 
So he played with a blue Manitoba Moose helmet, and that's how he got his nickname as Moose. And in his three years in Pittsburgh, they weren't phenomenal years, but they were good enough to, you know, cement him in one of the in the top six or seven or eight or so um, goalies in Penguin history. He one year led the league in losses, but and I can also say that whenever we discuss that Kasparitis goal, he was in net on the other end. He was there for some playoff runs. He was a playoff caliber goaltender at least for a couple of years. Ended up being a career backup, but that's perfectly okay because he also was a Stanley Cup finalist as the goaltending coach with the San Jose Sharks in 2016. <laughs> so he's got some pedigree to him, and he was also the reason why I kind of how I kind of learned that uh, there is some international depth to hockey. Is he's a Swedish-born player, and in his rookie season, uh, you put the note in here, he was seven one and one. Clearly, a late start in the rookie season with only nine or nine ten games played, but um, he was a polarizing figure in Pittsburgh for a little while. I think most goalies become polarizing figures in, in Pittsburgh, and we have here a goalie matchup. Who doesn't love a goalie controversy in Pittsburgh, right? Exactly. It has to happen. We couldn't have done this without a goalie controversy. So, Flower versus Hedberg. You said Hedberg was controversial. Guess who else was? Marc-Andre Fleury was a pretty polarizing figure while he was here. Here's the thing that I I do think is going to get your boy. Mm-hmm. And I understand he is He is the Flower. Yeah. He is a third seed for a reason. Most other teams, he would be a first seed. 13 seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's a future hockey Hall of Famer, a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Little asterisk because he had a little help from Matt Murray, who we will talk about in a couple minutes. But he's also the Pittsburgh goaltending leader in games played, wins, and shutouts. So anything that really matters when you come to talking about those stats and I think the big thing that helps him out is he left in the best possible way you could leave a team that meant so much to you and that you meant so much to. Mm-hmm. You left in the expansion draft to help out your team so they didn't lose another good player to keep their window open after winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. Yeah, it was the best way to go out. And he almost won one that first year after. Exactly. He goes right back to the Stanley Cup Finals with an expansion Vegas Golden Knights team who nobody seems to hate unless you're from San Jose. Exactly. A lot of love for Flower now, especially in Pittsburgh. Some people are hating him because of what Twitter is doing, so that's why it might be interesting. You might see Hedberg get a couple of votes there because people are sick and tired (laughs) of hearing of Marc-Andre Fleury on Penn's Twitter, but I am not one of those people. I enjoy Marc-Andre Fleury and everything that he does, whether it be his pranks, whether it be his ridiculous saves, like the one against the Toronto Maple Leafs earlier this season, or just because of his amazing personality and how great he was for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the city of Pittsburgh. So I'm I'm done praising Marc-Andre Fleury, and let's just move on to the person that I mentioned earlier, number seven seed. Hold on, Matt before Murray. we continue. Oh, you got something else? Yeah, I'm bringing a guest on for these for this little matchup. For this matchup, okay. Like I mentioned before, she grabbed me a beer. My beautiful girlfriend, Megan Fitzsimmons, is here to talk about two of her favorite players in hockey history. <laughs> All righty. I feel like you just brought me on to bully two people for five minutes. Like, well. What do you want me to say? They're two of my least favorite penguins. Wow. (laughs) Hot take. Really hot take. Super unpopular opinion. I don't like either of them. No? What do you have against both of them? 
I don't know. I just don't love Matt Murray. I think what he did as a rookie was awesome. Um, but I don't love him. I don't think he's great. I don't know. And I know people are going to disagree. He has two amazing Newfoundlands. How can you not love a guy that has two huge Newfoundlands? Okay, yeah, his dogs are adorable. If I had to base solely off of his dogs, he'd be a 10 out of 10. But I <laughs> See, but, I got you to say Matt Murray was a 10 out of 10. So, therefore, got it, clip it, move it on from there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time ever. I don't I don't know. I don't love him. And Phil Kessel has just always rubbed me the wrong way. He just seems like he has a bad attitude and like he never wants to be anywhere. And that's, and that's part of the legend of Phil Kessel, though. That's the thing. That is it. part of the legend of yeah. Phil Kessel. That is that is a fair and valid statement. I will say that. He's also a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He is good for him, but like, <laughs> here's the question. And we'll more s- importantly, yeah. More importantly, he is a four-time Iron Penguin Award winner. <laughs> he is four for four for the Iron Penguin. Can we please talk about that? We should honestly just put him in the finals because he's a four-time Iron Penguin Award winner. Guys, come on. Your listeners are going to bully me, and I'm never going to be allowed back on here because I just said I hate two of these players. Well, at least one of them's not in Pittsburgh anymore. Yeah. And to be fair, the one that is here, a lot of people don't like right now. So if you were to right now have to pick one of them to, you know, win this matchup, who just, who you like more? Matt Murray. There it is, people. I just, I think he sometimes sometimes wants to be here. I think overall he's a better player then Kessel, I just Kessel just gives me the vibes that he doesn't want to be here ever, and he's just slow. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. There it is. I'm gonna there. be bullied. Thank you for having me on for three minutes. I will never get this chance again. Yes, you will. Don't worry. I don't know. We might. We might not be allowed to bring her back on because of all the fan reaction. Yeah, no one will listen if they if they hear my voice. <laughs> So we will see it at number seven versus number 10 matchup. Matt Murray versus Phil Kessel. Megan doesn't like either of them. <laughs> I personally like both of them. Matt Murray a little bit more. So we'll see how it turns out on Twitter. Yeah. And we have one left, Horwat. We got one left. I've written a long story about one of them, about how he's better than a certain other someone that we will be talking about next episode. Wait, you wrote something on Martin Straka? Um, one day, one day I might, because I'm going to defend <laughs> Martin Straka here and say he is the most, the singular most underrated Penguin of all time. Yeah, because he played. I completely agree. A total of 10 seasons with this team. He is in the top 10 in goal scoring at number yeah. 10, but he is yeah. there. That is in the top 10. He was a first round pick for the team, and he finished with 560 games played here. With 442 points, which is not something to scoff at, especially with one team. That's more than, you know, other people we've talked about today, let alone in coming episodes. And he's one of the guys that I can remember as a young kid going to games and hearing his name get announced by John Barbro, who, by the way, also we'll be talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the guys that he's very, he was a very underrated player. You always heard his name on stat sheets and i really started to like him then i think yeah i had a bobblehead of him at one point i'm pretty sure i mean i know i had one of alex of morozov alexei morozov but was it before or after straka cut off the gorgeous locks oh it had to have been after i actually don't Uh, know straka with long hair i'm gonna look that picture up rookie season i have that rookie card with him with a beautiful flow you but Martin, you know who's never had beautiful flow? You have a Martin Straka rookie card. I'm impressed by that. But yeah, who I, I, has, I do. 
Who has never had long hair? Uh, he's had long hair, but not not great flow. Evgeny Malkin's flow has not been the best. Right. The number two seed, Evgeny Malkin, who's taken on the number 15 seed, Martin Straka, has never had really the greatest flow, but you know what? It doesn't matter because he is a tank. He is a Russian tank. He's a future Hall of Famer. Another one. Mm-hmm. Coincidence. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. He will perennially be a top four Pittsburgh Penguin of all time. Possibly top three, as you wrote about. Go check out his article on the Hockey Writers. Mm-hmm. And he's an NHL top 101 player. Not NHL top 100. I guess that's really exclusive club to people that, you know, don't make sense. But an NHL top 101 player. He is a Art Ross Trophy winner. Yeah. He was the MVP of the playoffs. And like I said, a three-time Stanley Cup champion. So Evgeny Malkin versus Martin Straka. If it's based solely on flow, Martin Straka <laughs> in his rookie season wins by a mile. If it's based on who I think Penguins Nation likes more, I think Gino has it. And I think it's only because we get to see little Nikita Malkin all the time. True. I think, he, I think that's why he, he was doing it. A lot of this social media stuff for Nikita, I think he's just trying to get the votes. <laughs> he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. That is the entirety of the region. So we have three more regions in the first round. We will, like I said, post all of these polls on our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter. It'll all be in a singular thread. So you just click the thread and you scroll down through and click whichever player you like and then retweet it, tag your friends, try to get as much people and as many votes into this as possible because, like we said, the more votes there are, the more interesting it's going to be and the more fun that everybody is going to have talking and listening to it. So, Horwat, anything else you have to say about your brainchild, the March of the Penguins madness? Boy, I hope it works out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. I mean, hey, the three PT awards, we're going to throw it back one more time. My brainchild also worked out, <laughs> you could say. Yeah, we did have a live studio audience the first year, but they also didn't clap very much or on cue. So In a radio studio. but hey. In a radio studio. But that is all for this one. You can follow Horwat at NickHorwat41, and you can follow me at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow us on the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. The tip of the iceberg can be found anywhere you get your podcast from, whether that be Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, any of the above, plus a handful of more. If you go onto Apple Podcasts and really like us, please subscribe to us and rate us and give us a comment. We love all feedback. The Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, and you can follow them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Every team, everywhere. We'll see you guys next week.